At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The second hour of Eason's Betting Across America rolls on here on your Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for spending part of your valuable weekend time here with us getting a little bit sharper on your sports betting knowledge. I'm Adam Candy here in Las Vegas. We're at the South Point Sportsbook at the beautiful resort and casino here at the south end of the Las Vegas Strip. Scott Seidenberg joins from the tri-state area as we have both ends of the country covered across <laughs> America here on BAA. Scott, let's get caught up on what's going on in Major League Baseball before we bring in Paul Stone to talk some college football, his favorite bet on and bet against teams that he's written up for us here at VEASAN. Uh, first up, the Phillies and the New York Mets. Gene Segura, JT Real Muto, pair of solo home runs off Taiwan Walker, and the Phillies grab a 2-0 lead over the New York Mets in the top of the third inning. They've moved out to minus 550 favorites after going off at minus 180 with Zach Wheeler on the bump. Mets plus 360 to come back. Game was eight pregame. It is seven and a half now. Boston Red Sox looking to avoid a sweep in Toronto. They are up four to one taking advantage of some rough Toronto defense early on. Uh, Toronto still just 2-1 to one, uh, on the money line, though, uh, so not a lot of belief uh, in the Boston Red Sox, up 4-1 to one in the third. They are minus uh, 265 here at the moment. Washington Nationals have a one nothing lead over Max Fried and the Braves. That's Patrick Corbin on the hill as a plus-190 dog. Top of the third inning, that game went off at 8.5. It is down to 7.5, and, and the Braves are still favored at minus 150. RBI single for Fran Mil Reyes and the Cleveland Indians behind Zach Plesak, and they have a one nothing lead in the second inning as the Indians are now minus 185. Tigers plus 150 to come back with Willie Peralta going for them. No score between the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. That game has moved to the fourth inning. Uh, Tyler Maley, a big, big favorite for Cincinnati today, minus 260 at Great American Ballpark. That has moved down to minus 235. Pirates come back with Bryce Wilson. They are plus 180. Your adjusted total is six and a half, heavily juiced to the over. Uh, I'll tell you what, Scott, sometimes uh, you have those leans that you wish you had played, and uh, the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays is one of them for me, as that game is now 4-1 to one Orioles in the third. Uh, what I really liked there was the over uh, – 10 is the number. It is live 11 and a half with juice to the over the Baltimore Orioles with Jorge Lopez going are now minus 370. Uh, Michael Waka really has struggled uh, not just today, but throughout the entire season for the Tampa Bay Rays as they are plus 250. Third inning and the Bronx, Scott, where the New York Yankees are tied. Uh, it is no score with the Mariners. 
They had Luis Heal on the mound. It is an adjusted total of six and a half down from nine. Yankees were minus 134 pregame. They're minus 170 now as Heal deals with a runner at first base and one down in the third. Uh, we mentioned earlier on, in case you missed with us, that Anthony Rizzo has uh, gone on the COVID IL. And that is the 12th member of the New York Yankees to go on the COVID IL, Scott, that uh, they still have found a way to keep things rolling, even with uh, Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery out as well. Yeah, and Gary Sanchez uh, to add to the list. And look, uh, Luke Voigt back in the lineup today, which certainly helps with the loss of Anthony Rizzo. And his presence felt already because the Mariners had bases loaded with only one out. And then it was two outs, and Luke Voigt made a diving stop and then dove to the bag to get the out at first base to get the Yankees out of the inning unscathed. So uh, Luke Voigt's presence being felt so far here in the Bronx. Well, this will be very interesting to see uh, for the Yankees the rest of the way today because they have not been very good looking to sweep teams this year. They have had some moments where they've had opportunities for sweeps. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. I will tell you the last time they had a sweep opportunity was down in Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago with Garrett Cole going, and Garrett Cole got absolutely torched by the Tampa Bay Rays. So Yankees looking to close out a four-game sweep of the Seattle Mariners. It has not been uh, convincing by any stretch. The Mariners have had the lead in the sixth inning or later in every one of the games so far. But, uh, you know, these are games that, as we said earlier on uh, yesterday, that the Yankees were losing uh, earlier on in the season. So a uh, good game going in the Bronx. Beeson's Betting Across America is live from the South Point in Las Vegas, as well as the East Coast. I'm Adam Candy here outside the sports book. Scott Seidenberg joins me from the East. And Paul Stone is with us right now. Get that college football betting guide, folks. Seriously, a lot of great information at vsin.com. It's only $19.99, and Paul has plenty of great information in there for you to learn from to get your preseason bets ready as well. Paul, thanks for spending a little time with us here on a Sunday afternoon. How you doing? Doing well, man. Just uh, glad to be with you guys. I appreciate the invitation, and we're uh, 20 days away from some college football, so really exciting uh, year for those of us who love this sport. Well, let's talk about uh, some of your teams to bet against and some of your teams to bet on. You can get the full write-up of that in the College Football Betting Guide. Uh, I'll be selfish and start with the one I agree with you on the most. Uh, you're looking at the Auburn Tigers with a new head coach and Brian Harson coming from Boise State. Uh, Bo Nix still trying to live up to some of the hype that he had coming in with. As a freshman, uh, they face, as you have written up, the second hardest schedule in the country. Absolutely. I tell you, this is, you know, to me, this is just a, a tough situation. They've got, you know, they res reside in the SEC West, and I know a lot of people do suffer from SEC fatigue, but I think it's unquestionably the most difficult division in all of college football. And this is a an Auburn team that not only has a, a new coach, uh, but a coach who spent most of his career, both as a player and a coach, west of the Rockies. You look at Brian Harson, a little bit of a curious hire in my mind, uh, the only experience he has east of the Rockies prior to Auburn, spent two years as Texas's offensive coordinator back in 2011 and 2012, and then coached a single season as head coach uh, in 2013 of Arkansas State from the Sunbelt Conference. So not a whole lot of experience uh, east of the Rockies. Uh, 
a little bit of a curious hire again. This is an Auburn team. Their last 18 games uh, spanning into 2019, they're only nine and nine against FBS opposition. So they uh, they've been a 500 team their last 18 games against FBS opponents, and of those nine victories, only one of those has come against a team that ultimately finished with a, a winning record. So, um, and you pointed out, Mr. Nix, he hadn't quite lived up to expectations uh, coming out of Pinson Valley High School there in Alabama as a two-time state champion. They don't have a whole lot of difference makers in my mind, uh, at least when you compare it to the Auburn standard. And I just think this Auburn team is going to struggle a little bit during 2021. Well, Paul, just to, to follow up on that, we're out here in Mountain West country uh, where I've seen a lot of Brian Harson's Boise State teams. And uh, Brian Harson got out while the getting was good uh, at Boise State. Uh, they had a down year last year. It was probably his last chance to get the kind of job uh, that he was able to get uh, at Auburn. Uh, Scott, what jumps out at you uh, on this list? Well, I, I just want to stay in the SEC for a second here, uh, Paul, because one of my favorite win totals is the Georgia Bulldogs at over 10.5. And, and you look at their crossover games in the SEC West, there's no Alabama, there's no LSU, there's no Texas A&M. I mean, the most difficult crossover game is at Auburn, but you just talked about that Auburn team being on a down a year. And if they can get by Clemson in week one, which actually is a winnable game for Georgia, this this team could very well go undefeated, but at 10 and a half being that win total, I see them at worst, at worst being 11 and one. How do you view the Bulldogs? Well, like you, other than that Clemson, Clemson game, which I think now is down to three at some stores, maybe universally three and a half. But other than that Clemson game in the opener there in Charlotte, they're going to be favored uh, in the next 11 games. And teams do, especially if you're favored in most of your games, you will unexpectedly lose one of those games as, as a favorite, but uh, it, it's hard to identify what that game might be. And as you indicated, if they beat Clemson, uh, which is very possible, you're going to be, I don't want to say home free, but outside of an injury to, to JT Daniels or something of that nature, uh, you're going to be in really good position if they beat Clemson. So I certainly would play the under. Uh, if I was going to be on a position, I would be with you on the over uh, 10 and a half in that uh, situation with Georgia. Paul Stone joins us at Paul Stone Sports on Twitter, talking college football and the VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. A lot of great information from Paul in there. Uh, let's throw a little cold water on a very popular team here, Paul, with the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, showed out last year for them. They obviously were one of the darling stories uh, in college football in the Big Ten, but you say there's some caution flags on the Hoosiers this year. Yeah, I mean, guys, you know, you've heard the term, and many of our listeners out there have as well, regression to the mean. And this is an Indiana team that's going to come in with high expectations. Uh, they're going to be in the preseason top 25 AP poll for the first time since 1969. And you look at last season, they won three games. I think they only, they only played eight games. They won three games outright as the betting underdog. They were plus eight in the turnover category in just eight games. And again, those teams kind of, those types of things rather tend to even out over time. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be on Indiana, so I think it's going to push the value uh, in the other direction, at least for some period of time. So certainly I think it's advantageous for the uh, better to take a look uh, at the other side 
and I especially, there's a situation at the end of September that I'll share with everybody. Indiana, uh, their last, their fourth game of the year on September 25th, they go to Bowling Green, Kentucky, and they play Western Kentucky after hosting Cincinnati in a huge game and with a trip to Penn State on deck. Western Kentucky, meanwhile, gets a Big Ten opponent on their home field, and they also are going to be off of a bye. And they're also transitioning is Western Kentucky to a passing game uh, with uh, Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zappi, who's a name to remember. And they're going to be getting about 20 points. So I think it's a grand opportunity uh, to fade Indiana in that game and take Western Kentucky uh, plus the generous points there. Uh, I love that. I really do. Um, you know, Paul, one of the teams that I've talked about so much is Oklahoma. And when I do my research on Oklahoma and I'm looking at their running back position, obviously Kennedy Brooks comes back from the COVID opt-out, but they also get Eric Gray from Tennessee. And that brings me to the volunteers who have just been decimated by what I like to call college football free agency. And that's the transfer portal. Uh, it, it, I looked at the VSIN betting guide, the college football betting guide, and you are fading the Tennessee volunteers this year. Uh, Tell us more about that. Well, I mean, you know, it's no secret that, that Tennessee, uh, you know, I'm not uh, unveiling something that nobody doesn't already know. I mean, Tennessee more affected, more impacted by any team uh, by this new transfer portal. They've lost reportedly 25 players to the transfer portal more than uh, any school in the entire nation. And one thing about Tennessee's losses to the transfer portal, a lot of teams lose players to the transfer portal, but it's typically guys that weren't playing a whole lot. It's typically not their top players. But Tennessee lost the best of the best. I mean, they lost Henry Toa Toa, a big-time linebacker out of the state of California who's transferred to Alabama will probably be an, an immediate starter for the Crimson Tide. Uh, they lost the running back that you mentioned, Eric Gray, who went to Oklahoma. Uh, they lost Ty Chandler, another running back to North Carolina. Um, saw yesterday, and I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, he was vying for a starting position in the offensive line. He tore his biceps, so now they've got a key offensive lineman who is definitely going to be in the rotation that's out for the year. So I think Josh Heupel in year one there in Knoxville has a very difficult situation, and I think they're going to be on the wrong end of a lot of lopsided games. Paul, the other team uh, that you have here that I want to note in terms of the uh, teams that you are betting against this year, the Colorado Buffaloes, a team that really started off hot last year but uh, faded at the end of the season and lost their quarterback. Exactly. I mean, Colorado started out 4-0 last year, and I think it was a little bit of fool's gold if you look at the teams they, they beat. Certainly Carl Durrell taking the job late, starting out 4-0. That was a tremendous job. Uh, in those first four games. But when they kind of stepped up in class a little bit and played Utah in the regular season finale and then Texas in the bowl game, they lost those two games by a collective 49 points. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit overvalued. Team, but people are going to be doing their preseason homework, and they're going to look at that 4-2 and two record, and it's going to look uh, it's going to look really good. But I think looks can be deceiving. And, uh, again, as you indicated, Sam Neuer, uh, kind of unexpectedly earlier this summer, announces that he's going to move to Corvallis, Oregon, and compete for the uh, starting uh, job there, quarterback job against uh, Tristan Gabia. So Sam Neuer's left the building last year's starting quarterback. Second team, all Pac-12's gone. They don't have a clear-cut replacement for him. Uh, I think the Buffaloes are going to have a little bit leaner uh, year of it in 2021. 
Paul, let's talk about some of the teams that you're going to be betting on, including a team that I am just in love with because they won me so much money last season, and that's the Boston College Eagles. Uh, Phil Dracovic came over from Notre Dame and had a tremendous season passing the football. You know, Zay Flowers is tremendous at the wide receiver spot. Uh, They got talent up and down this roster, love their coaching staff as well. Uh, Tell us more about the Boston College Eagles and why you're so high on them. Yeah, I think first of all, I mean, when you look for teams to to play on, you kind of got to look maybe where some people aren't looking. And I don't think Boston College really jumps to the, uh, you know, the forefront of most people's minds when they're thinking about play on teams for 2021. But Jeff Halfley, he comes in, a former Ohio State assistant coach. Uh, He kind of pulls up the uh, old-timey running game. You know, they were a run-dominant team. Uh, before Halfley got there, and that's a very difficult transition from your when you're going from a, a run-oriented team to a passing-dominant team. In 2019, before Halfley's arrival, they ran the ball on, uh, I think it was 59% of the, the yardage, actually, that they gained offensively was gained through rushing. And then last year, 59% down to just 26% uh, were rushing yards. So they, they made that transition. The second year is going to be a lot smoother uh, than the first year when you're going to a passing game. Phil Jerkovic, uh, Notre Dame transfer uh, there at quarterback, really played well last year. And the guy that you mentioned, uh, Zay Flowers, not only one of the top receivers in the ACC, but really even though a lot of people might not have heard of him, one of the top receivers in the uh, in the nation. That guy's a playmaker. I really like Boston College this year to uh, surprise in the ACC. Paul, I hesitate to even talk about this team out loud because I want to keep them all to myself, but uh, you, you wrote about it, so they're, they're out there. Uh, the Nevada Wolfpack is, are going to be a very, very good offensive football team this year. Uh, Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs are one of the best connections in all of college football. They didn't have Elijah Cooks for a lot of last year uh, with injury as well. I think this is one of those teams where once people get a look at them in September, uh, they're going to be a lot more popular than they are right now, and uh, they are going to be one of the classy teams in the Mountain West. Yeah, I really like this Nevada team. I mean, the Wolfpack are my dark horse pick to win the Mountain West. Uh, Quarterback Carson Strong, the returning conference offensive player of the year. And you mentioned the one-two punch there at wide receiver. You've got Romeo Dubs, who last year had over 1,000 yards receiving. And then Elijah Cooks, who was injured early in the 2020 season. But if you look back to 2019, he had over 900 receiving yards. So they've got a one-two punch at receiver that's not only the best in the group of five, but one of the best one-two receiving punches in all of college football. Uh, they can score the football. I and mean, when you got Strong and Dubs and uh, Cooks and then they're running back, uh, who returns as well, a 1,000-yard rusher. They have got great skill position people. They're going to outscore a lot of teams. I think they've got a real shot to win the Mountain West. You know, Paul, Liberty was a team that snuck up on people last year, and I, and I loved betting on them because not many people were aware of their situation, right? And, and then here you have Malik Willis comes over from Auburn, uh, is just a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position, but they went 10-1 and one last year. They are not a secret anymore, but do you still find value on Liberty? Yeah, this is a little bit, you know, contrary to the position I usually take on these types of things because now everybody kind of knows about the 
Liberty Flames and Hugh Freeze and Malik Willis after last year's 10-1 and record, but they just keep covering. I mean, their last 16 games, they've got the money 13 times, so they're 13-3 and against the spread, uh, average a little over 38 points per game. I think they're going to go over 40 points this year. I just like this football team. Some some teams, you just keep playing them until the, the well runs dry, and I think there's uh, a little bit more where uh, this has come from, and I love this team. Uh, they've got a Really interesting, intriguing November schedule. Uh, they're going to go to Ole Miss, uh, Oxford on November 6th. Hugh Freeze is going to return to the side of his former job. Mm. That's one of the tickets I actually took at uh, South Point. I've got Liberty Plus 11 games of the year at Ole Miss. And then they host later in the month Louisiana and Army. So uh, really excited about this Liberty team. I'm going to keep playing them until the well runs dry. About a minute left here, Paul. Final question for you. One more team uh, that we hadn't spent a lot of time on, but uh, – Kyle Winningham is a very good coach, and I think Utah gets lost in the shuffle a little bit in the Pac-12 among some of the bigger names, but the Utah Utes are going to be a solid football team this year. I like Utah. You know, they're kind of like my Nevada, the Mountain West. Uh, Utah is the same in the Pac-12. They've got to play USC at the Coliseum, which hadn't been kind to them historically. But some coaches get less, uh, get, get more out of less, and uh, Kyle Whittingham's one of those guys. And I, I think uh, with Charlie Brewer, a lot of people are talking about some other grad transfers, but Charlie Brewer ran for his life at Baylor. Uh, he was sacked 100, uh, 146 times uh, over his four years there in Waco. Not a function of him being a statue because he's got some mobility. He was just running for his life. Utah's got a great offensive line, one of the top five or 10 in the nation. Charlie Brewer is going to be a name to watch. He's going to do the job for Utah. Uh, I like Utah again as a dark horse to win the Pac 12. Find his work at Paul Stone Sports on Twitter or, of course, in our VEASAN College Football Betting Guide. Paul Stone gave us more than enough time uh, here on Sunday. We greatly appreciate it, sir. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to be on with you guys and the invitation. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. We'll do that, and you do the same, Paul. We'll have some updates on Major League Baseball when we return, as well as another college football team that Scott Seidenberg is high on. I think you might have gotten a little clue if you were listening closely in the last segment. This is Beeson Betting Across America here on the Sports Betting Network. America presented by BetMGM rolls on here from the South Point in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Candy on the East Coast. Scott Seidenberg is here to talk a little more college football. Thanks again to Paul Stone for his insightful look at some teams to bet on and bet against. Go get our VEASAN college football betting guide at VEASAN.com for just $19.99. Uh, you won't get this information in there, so listen closely. Because Scott Seidenberg not only believes in the Oklahoma Sooners, as he told you earlier in the show, but a team that is going to play in our early game of the year, the Georgia Bulldogs against the Clemson Tigers, and you are a Georgia believer, Scott. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a future on them at uh, over 10 and a half wins, and I actually do like them to win the SEC because I do expect them to be in that SEC title game against likely opponent Alabama. And when it comes to that game against Alabama, they're they're going to be less of a money line underdog than what they are right now to win the SEC. So if you think they can win that game, you're getting good value on them now to win the SEC as opposed to betting them when it comes down to that SEC title game against Alabama. But there's so much that I love about this Georgia football team. Last year, number one against the run. Uh, they allowed just 321 yards per game, 20 points per game. So the defense, even though it lost some NFL talent, is still stacked. They outrushed their opponents by over 100 yards per game, and they'll do the same this year. And JT Daniels uh, anchors an offense that returns eight out of 11 starters. They were 4-0 with him under center last year. And in the four games that he did play at the end of the year, he threw for over 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. They also get back their top three wide receivers from last year. George Pickens is going to be out for a long time, but he can come back at the end of the year, much like when we saw Jalen Waddle come back for Alabama and have an impact on them uh, in the college football playoffs. So George Pickens could have that same impact for Georgia if he comes back at the end of the season. You look at their schedule as well. Out Outside of this Clemson game, they will be favored in every single game for the remainder of the season. The only difficult test will be in Jacksonville when they play against Florida, but they're a touchdown favorite over them in that game already. There's no crossover game against Alabama, no game against LSU, no game against Texas A&M. They uh, can very easily beat this Clemson team on a neutral site, even though it's pretty much a road game because the game is in Charlotte, so there's going to be a lot of Clemson fans there. But besides that, you look at the schedule. UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, the Florida game, as I mentioned, Mizzou, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. At worst, this is an 11-1 team and a very good possibility of them going 12-0 into the SEC title game. So I took the over 10.5 with a little bit of a sprinkle on them to win the SEC. So question for you on this, Scott, because it's a very realistic possibility that this team loses week one against Clemson, but yet you look at the rest of the schedule, and as you pointed out, it's pretty easy to point to 11 consecutive wins after that, uh, would you recommend then maybe for some, if they don't like the price on this, maybe wait uh, and see if uh, there's anywhere that's post posting an adjusted win total after week one, maybe get a better price on Georgia? You could, but I don't think there will be an adjustment because I think the adjustment is in this line. It's 10 and a half for a reason because of that Clemson game at the beginning of the season. Otherwise, you would see this win total be 11 or maybe even 11 and a half. I mean, look at Oklahoma, a team that we talked about earlier in the program that I'm so high on, right? Their win total is at 11. So you're either betting on them to go 12 and 0 or not in terms of their win total. Same thing with Alabama. You could bet them to go undefeated or not. This line is already factoring in a potential loss against Clemson at the beginning of the season. So if they do lose that game, I don't think you'll see any adjustment on their win total. I think if anything, it might drop to 10 and you get push protection, but that's about it. Well, that'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on. That game is obviously uh, circled on the calendar for me already, uh, Georgia and Clemson, on September 4th, the beginning of the year, uh, as you mentioned, being played at a theoretically neutral site uh, to open up the season. But you're right. You look at the rest of what Georgia has up front, 
They are as good as Alabama offensive line, defensive line. They have a great receiving core. They get Eric Gilbert coming in uh, from LSU, transferring over uh, LSU and Florida, essentially uh, transferring over, but should be a difference maker for them at tight end. It comes down to JT Daniels. If he plays like he did last year for Georgia, they're going to be great. If he shows any of what he showed at USC, then there will be some questions uh, to be asked about their national championship potential. But the Georgia Bulldogs certainly going to be one of the top five teams in the country without question coming into the season. When we come back, we'll get you updated on what's going on across Major League Baseball because there is a lot of scoring in these early games. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Football betting guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams. Plus, power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access decent subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. It's all at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg joining me, Adam Candy here on Betting Across America from the tri-state area as well as the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas as we get back to a big day in Major League Baseball as our playoff races are starting to take some shape post-trade deadline and plenty of scoring to discuss thus far, Scott, across Major League Baseball. Uh, let's start where we have been Carrying on for most of the day with the Phillies and the Mets. 2-0 Phillies. That is the bottom of the fifth inning. Pair of solo home runs from Segura and Real Muto. Phillies are prohibitive favorites. Uh, 4-1 to on the Mets if you believe in them to come back. Uh, plenty of scoring in Baltimore where the Orioles have a 5-2 to lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are plus 270 to come back. Updated total is 12.5 in that game. The Red Sox leading the Blue Jays 4-2. to Garrett Richards hanging in there as a big dog here. A lot of money came in on the Red Sox though uh, from when the Blue Jays were up around minus 200. So uh, sharp side looking good for Boston thus far in the top of the fourth. Your total there 11.5 up in Toronto. The Reds have grabbed a 3-1 to lead on the Pittsburgh Pirates in Cincinnati. That game is in the fifth inning. They're behind Tyler Maley as minus 260 favorites. The Pirates are plus 450 to come back. Braves and the Nationals, it's 2-1 Atlanta in the bottom of the fifth inning. Get ready to cash your Braves' first fives there. Uh, they are minus 500. Nats are plus 340 coming back. And Here's another one, Scott, where I told you I wanted to find a way in. Gosh, I'm wishing I had. Uh, the Detroit Tigers are leading the Indians 5-2 to two in the third inning. Uh, total up to 13.5. Indians are plus 190 on the home field. Uh, Zach Plesak gives up a three-run home run after a couple of walks. The Tigers have five runs on two hits thus far in this contest. 
That does it for the games going on here right now, with the exception of the Mariners and the Yankees are uh, have no score in the bottom of the fourth inning. There have been plenty of runners, but nothing to talk about in terms of guys coming across. Uh, elsewhere, we have some late games with some interesting angles later on. James Caprillion is back for the Oakland Athletics here, Scott. Uh, prize prospect traded from the New York Yankees to the A's and the Sonny Gray deal has had some uh, issues coming back from Tommy John. Uh, he is a huge favorite today against Jordan Lyles and the Rangers. Minus 270 at the Coliseum. Total of 8.5. It's a 4.07 p.m. Eastern start. Lyles with a 5.25 ERA. But James Caprillion, despite getting bombed in his last start before going on to the IL, a 3.24 ERA on the season for Oakland. Yeah, it's interesting. This team is a low total at eight and a half, and it's actually juiced towards the under. So uh, I wonder what the play is here and why that money has been coming in on the under. You see it's under eight and a half at minus 115. Uh, Lyles is a guy that has been rocked in the past, especially against Oakland. Uh, even, you know, he's given up two runs in uh, against Oakland the last time he started, two runs against them earlier in this year, but a little bit of familiarity because they've seen him a bunch of times this year. But if you look at his most recent outings, six runs allowed against the Angels, four runs allowed against Detroit, six runs allowed against the Blue Jays. Uh, he gave up five runs to the Astros earlier in the year, so he is certainly capable of uh, getting hit around. And then Caprillion, as as much as people are really you know touting him, he hasn't exactly been lights out this season. He's been decent, but he's also been giving up a lot of runs. Last time out against San Diego, got rocked for six runs in just four and a third innings. So a little curious to see that total at eight and a half especially when you see the under juiced at minus 115. Yeah, the number's just uh, too big for me to get involved here. I mean, the Rangers are terrible. They're a team that if you watch them to the eye test, they are a team making tea times in October already. Uh, they're 39 <laughs> and 72 straight up on the season. Uh, not really a reason that I want to get involved and play this thing. You think that's a big favorite? Well, why don't you check out the freeway series between the Dodgers and the Angels where Walker Bueller takes the hill looking to bolster his late run at National League Cy Young with Jacob deGrom on the injured list. The L.A. Dodgers are minus 310 here at the South Point. Angels plus 255 with Reed Detmers going for the Halos. Total eight and a half, even both ways. Uh, Scott, I know you've been impressed with Walker Bueller this season. Oh, so impressed with him, uh, and he'd be my pick right now to win the National League Cy Young Award. Uh, he's the ace of this staff. He is the guy for them. He's allowed one uh, one runner or fewer in his last three starts, two runs or fewer going back about, about six or seven starts, and uh, no reason to think that this Angels team is going to tag him up. Meanwhile, Detmers gave up six runs in his first start this season. Got to be shaking in his boots seeing this Dodgers lineup opposing him today, and, and I would look at the first five innings, and I would look at the Dodgers on the run line in the first five innings, uh, expecting Walker Buehler to throw five shutout innings and expecting the Dodgers to jump out on Detmers and have at least a one-run lead after five innings. Well, you know, uh, they're going to have that opportunity, at least defensively, uh, with what Walker Buehler does for this team. Uh, he has been outstanding on the season. His strikeout prop, if you're interested, uh, on Bueller, seven and a half on Walker Bueller. Uh, the juice is to the under there if you want to get involved with that. D backs and the Padres, uh, again, another matchup uh, pitching wise that I would have liked a few years ago. Madison Bumgarner against Blake Snell. Snell with a 524 ERA coming over from 
Tampa. He is a guy who has dealt with some injury this year as well. Madison Bumgarner, four and a half, has that short no-hitter to his credit as well. The Padres are minus 210 at Petco with a total of eight and a half. Love the plus money value on Mad Bum here. Uh, One run allowed in his last start. Two runs before that. One run before that. One run before that. He's in his last four starts. He has only allowed five runs, and he has looked like the old Mad Bum. Maybe not the dominant World Series MVP Mad Bum, but pretty darn close to it. Uh, I would back him with the plus money value here going up against Snell and the Padres, especially without Tatis in that lineup. Uh, This Diamondbacks team is... They're feisty. The snakes will bite you if you're not looking. So, uh, yeah, that was a terrible pun. I'm sorry about that. But I do like to to back here, Arizona, with this plus money value. You, sir, are a believer in some fangs that have not been sharp at points this year. (laughs) They are are the worst record in baseball. But uh, Madison Bumgarner, hopefully for uh, your handicap there, can get it done in San Diego. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball has the Cubs and the White Sox facing off. We'll talk about that in just a moment, as well as another look at the overall college football picture now that we've set up a bunch of individual teams for you throughout the show. It's all coming next on VEASAN's Betting Across America on the Sports Betting Network. with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot and an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VSIN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Dodgers or the Angels and either team hits a home run. BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app and go to BetMGM.com. Use code VEASAN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Dodgers or Angels and either team hits a home run. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. The Green Zone follows us in just a few minutes as they take you through all of your in-game betting opportunities. They know the golf slate very well as well with Brady Cannon on that show. Uh, Right now, Adam Candy, Scott Seidenberg, finishing up on betting across America. One college baseball, I should say college baseball game. (laughs) I combine the two things we're going to talk about in this segment. Uh, There is no college baseball to talk about, but one major league baseball game we didn't get to, Cubs and the White Sox, Davies and Cease. Uh, facing off today uh, for the White Sox and the Cubs. Obviously, the White Sox, uh, decent favorites here against the fading Cubs, minus 175 for Chicago with a total of 10. 
Yeah, I look towards the over. Uh, last time I checked, the wind was blowing out at Wrigley at about 15 miles per hour uh, scheduled for this evening. So uh, you might see some balls flying out of the ballpark. Davies got roughed up in his last outing. The White Sox certainly have that home run power. So I'd look towards the total, which is sitting at 10 and actually juiced at minus 115. I think this could be an over game. Well, those who put that sharp money on the Boston Red Sox, they're looking at an over, but they're also looking at a win on the Red Sox, a two-run single there for the Red Sox. It is now 6-2 to two Boston as they've jumped Hyunjin Ryu, uh, who is now out of the game up in Toronto. Uh, we'll get more updates as we go along here in Major League Baseball. But uh, college football, Scott, we have done a pretty good job, I think, of talking about a couple of national championship contenders that you like in particular. We haven't talked about how the whole picture fits together for the college football playoff. And we've got those odds that we can uh, throw up at vsin.com. Will these teams make the college football playoff? These are all yes bets, obviously. Uh, Clemson is the prohibited favorite. Uh, you bet $10 to win one on Clemson, followed by Alabama minus 350, Ohio State minus 275, Oklahoma minus 225, Georgia plus 160, Iowa State plus 450, Texas A&M 5 to 1, Oregon and USC, as well as Washington at 6 to 1, and Florida at 8 to 1. So, Scott, let's start with this uh, as we look at these odds. Theoretically, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma have clear paths through their conferences. Uh, theoretically, uh, the interesting part to me is to see Clemson at that big a number when they start with Georgia. It seems to me that the belief there has to be that even a loss to Georgia in week one is not going to be disqualifying for Clemson. Yeah, well, the odds are there because uh, it's assumed a win over Georgia because they're a field goal favorite. So you're assuming a win over Georgia there on their schedule and then going undefeated with a win over Georgia, and that gets them into the college football playoff. Or a one-loss ACC champ with a win over Georgia, good enough to get themselves into the college football playoff. And then if they do lose to Georgia, they're still going to run through their conference. So you have a one-loss ACC champion that loses to Georgia, who is likely in, in, in all likelihood going to play for the SEC title, uh, definitely good enough to get them in to the college football playoff. Plus, they're Clemson, right? They have the name recognition as well. Uh, I think Georgia is an interesting play here for me uh, because it's at plus 160 and uh, I expect them to be in the SEC title game. So if they win the SEC championship game, the SEC champ is getting into the college football playoff regardless of if you have one loss or if you're undefeated. So uh, if they do beat Alabama in the SEC title game, they're, they're in the playoff right there. And plus 160 is going to be uh, good enough to get them in. Now, let's say they beat Clemson in that first game. They run through the rest of their schedule and are 11 and 1, or, or excuse me, they're 12 and 0 going into that SEC title game against Alabama, and they lose that game. Well, I would then still put Georgia into the college football playoff over Clemson. Even though uh, they Clemson won the conference and Georgia didn't, Georgia at 12 and one with a win over Clemson would be better in my opinion than an 11 and one Clemson team or a 12 and one Clemson team that loses to Georgia. So I think Georgia at plus 160 is very interesting. Uh, Clemson, uh, I'd love to see if there's a no bet for them because that plus money value would be, would be very intriguing for me. 
All right. So I'm going to go a little bit down the board and just talk about where I see a path because all of these with the college football playoff, as you were just discussing with Georgia, it's all about the path and how you see them getting there. Uh, for me, I, I look at Oregon here at six to one, and normally I look at the Pac-12 teams and say, well, when it comes down to a Pac-12 team that has either no losses or one loss against a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss Oklahoma, they're going to lose out. The college football playoff always rewards those teams from the better conferences than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 really is, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, one of the less respected of the Power Five, but. Oregon has something these other teams don't, and it's an opportunity. They're going to go to Columbus, and they've got the chance against Ohio State. If they beat Ohio State, then Oregon is going to have a very clear path and a very clear case uh, to make it. Now, this schedule is not easy. They have to go to Stanford. They have to go to Washington. They have to go to Utah. There's a reason it's 6-1 to one, uh, on Oregon. But of the teams that are that far out, uh, that's the one that – jumps out at me by the way our producer uh, Jacob Roach is all over it uh, Scott Clemson plus 425 to miss the playoff I'd rather bet that than one of these long shots to make the college football playoff because uh, you said it, if Oregon does go undefeated that's a very tall task for them uh, I'd rather take plus 425 on Clemson to not make the playoffs than go for a plus 600 on Oregon to make the playoffs because I see more opportunities for Clemson to not make it than I do see an opportunity for Oregon to go undefeated and Let's talk Ohio State here for a second, the other side of that game that I just mentioned. They're minus 275. I mean, look, if if Ohio State survives that Oregon game, what else gives you any pause uh, on this schedule <laughs> for the Buckeyes? Because, uh, frankly, the, the Big Ten is just not good. I mean, and then you go and look at the non-con where you're playing Tulsa, you're playing Akron. Uh, yeah, they'll have to go to the big house and, and play Michigan, but... You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh wore jeans before they lose to uh, Michigan. Like, th th I don't see any way if they win that game against Oregon that Ohio State isn't undefeated going into the Big Ten championship game. They have the most talent in that conference, and they're one of the most talented rosters in the country. They're an SEC team that's playing in the Big Ten. So just think of it that way. That's how good they are. If they were in the SEC, their talent level can compete with those top teams like the Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSUs and, and Texas A&Ms and whatnot. That's how good of a roster this Ohio State team is. Uh, quarterback, we expect it to be Stroud, but you never know. Things could change. But Ryan Day has done such an incredible job since taking over for Urban Meyer, and this team will run through this Big Ten conference schedule, uh, and if they get past Oregon, they'll be undefeated, and they'll be uh, a shoo-in for the college football playoff. Well, the real game that uh, it just causes me a little bit of heartburn as I look out to the uh, October 23rd at Indiana, uh, this Indiana team, I know Paul Stone has them as a fade, and I, I see why he has them as a fade overall. In a one-game scenario in which Michael Penix has the opportunity to make some things happen, we saw it happen last year. We saw the yeah. trouble that they gave them in the first half last year. Uh, I don't think overall that they're nearly as talented as Ohio State, but you know, 
when you're trying to find one of these future bets and you're trying to poke holes in something, uh, that's the only way that, that I can see uh, to poke holes at Ohio State, again, assuming that they're able to get through that Oregon game. I do think Oregon's going to be a better team than people expect. There are questions at quarterback with uh, Tyler Shug leaving, uh, but this defense is going to be absolutely dominant, uh, led by Thibodeau. So uh, I think that uh, Oregon is definitely a team to watch, but as you mentioned, a very challenging schedule for the Ducks as we come all the way uh, toward that college football playoff. Let's get some updates from Major League Baseball before we Head on out of here. Just a couple of scoring changes. The Phillies have grabbed a three to nothing lead over the New York Mets as they look to sweep the Mets and establish uh, at least a small hold over the National League East uh, behind Zach Wheeler as that game goes to the seventh inning. Mets are plus 650 to come back. Mentioned that the Red Sox have gone up seven to two. The Blue Jays are now plus 650 on the home turf. Home run for Cabrian Hayes off. Tyler Maley and the Pirates continue to hang around as plus 220 dogs. Uh, it is 3-2 Cincinnati with the lead in the sixth inning. Pirates overall plus 375 to come back in that game. We are underway down in Houston where the Astros and the Minnesota Twins that is a one-all tie in the third inning between Houston and Minnesota. Seven and a half is the adjusted total on that one from a pregame eight. The uh, Astros minus 225, Twins plus 175 here live. Giants and the Brewers, uh, believe if you trusted Scott and played the uh, run line on the San Francisco Giants getting the one and a half, you are in good shape here in the fourth inning. Giants won, Brewers nothing. Johnny Cueto has sat down the Brewers without a hit through the first three innings. Giants are minus 160 live, plus 130 coming back. Seven and a half is your total. A Dylan Carlson home run has the St. Louis Cardinals ahead one nothing over the Kansas City Royals. Cardinals minus 255 live. Two to one on the Royals coming back with a total of eight and a half. Scott, it's been a blast. Jacob behind the glass. Excellent job getting us through a Saturday afternoon. Stay right here for the Green Zone. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds have you covered here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 